Good morning. This is the first Sunday of Advent. It's amazing that it's snowing as well. <laughs> why are you celebrating Advent? And why are you wondering why for the next four Sundays? We're looking forward to this celebration of what we call as Advent. Well, the meaning of Advent in, in Latin, the word is Adventus, which means arrival. It's actually about expectation of the arrival of the birth of Jesus. But interestingly, the Greek word for Advent is parousia, which means the second coming, which really refers to the, to the second coming of Jesus when he comes back, return to earth. But with, between this birth of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, we are in a state of expectation. We are in a state of waiting for Jesus. But more than that, we seek to find a way to express our hope for the future and what God is bringing us in this world. But as we celebrate Advent, one of the things that we need to be reminded of would be that as we wait, we are also in a state of pain, of suffering, of injustice in this world, poverty. These are the things that we are currently in the state of. And in the state of suffering, we are waiting for something. I do not know for you, but each one of us is waiting for something. Whether it might be a better life, a better situation, justice, but I know that each one of us is waiting for something. Let me just refer to you uh, with a book that is entitled A Door into Summer. And this book is written by Robert Heinlein. And the title is really very, very apt to our celebration today, The Door into Summer. But I would not be talking about the, 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 the content of the book because it's really a sci-fi, science fiction. But what I would like to refer on would be the title of this book, The Door into Summer, and how it came about. When Robert Heinlein was writing this book, they were actually in Colorado with, with his wife. And during that day, there was a snowfall just like this. It was snowing. And they have a cat, and the cat wants to get out of the house. And so Robert opened the door, but there was no fall. And so the cat did not go out, did not leave the place. And so Robert was actually baffled why the cat would not go out of the house. And so what Robert did was to open other doors. But in the same case, the cat would not leave the house. And then suddenly, the wife of Robert, the name of Virginia, said, Oh, that cat is waiting for the door into summer. And that's how the title of that book came about. Interestingly, I have been reflecting on the book. I have realized that it seems that many of us seem to be like that cat. We're always waiting for something. Oftentimes, you are standing on a proverbial door, waiting for a door that would lead into summer. But oftentimes in our lives, we would be disappointed because when the door opens... It's not summer. It might be winter. There might be snowfall. It might be raining. 
And so we are disappointed. We are always waiting for doors of opportunities in our lives, whether it might be about sick, uh, um, health with regards to your illness, or it might just be about having a better job, or whether it might just be an expectation to have healing, not only from illness, but even from mental health, because I know that many people are struggling with depression and disappointments in lives. Many people are still struggling with injustice and the search for peace in their own lives. Many people are even struggling with poverty. And in all of these things, we are hoping for something to happen which is much better than our current life. We are hoping for that door into summer. And so let me ask you this question today. What is it that you are hoping for? What might be that opportunity that you are seeking from God? You might be standing on a door right now. And when you open that door, you might be disappointed by what you see. Because that's not the thing that you would be hoping for. But interestingly, the Bible tells us of key two areas of our lives that we need to be thankful for and we need to hope for. And I would like to refer to you to our text this morning in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40, which, because it's such an amazing text as we reflect on the birth of Jesus and even on, on his second coming. In the text, there are two persons who have been waiting for something. And those two persons are Simeon and Anna. Simeon, in verse 33, was waiting for something. Oh, sorry, verse 25. And he was waiting for the comfort of Israel. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. I think that was an interesting hope and expectation because during that time, the Israelites were really struggling. The Jews were struggling. They were under subjugation by the Roman Empire for, for a couple of centuries. And they have been waiting for the Messiah. It was not a good time for them. In fact, they have always been waiting for a Messiah that would deliver them from the clutches of Roman subjugation. And there were several pseudo-messiahs actually that came about during those years, during those centuries. And from AD 66 to AD 70, they rebelled against the Roman Empire for four years. And because of that struggle, they ended up losing. And their last stand was actually in Masada, where instead of, of, of being captured by the Romans, they ended up actually killing themselves. And until now, the Masada is actually one of the key landmarks in Israel. And all the Jews who would be about to enter the military would be there to take a pledge never to give up and never to surrender from their enemies. But for Simeon, his weight was about the comfort of Israel, for the true Messiah. And the Old Testament has been speaking about that Messiah. And that expectation for that Messiah would be someone who would be delivering them, not only from the clutches of the Romans, but for Simeon, it's a different thing. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel that would really be the true Messiah. But the fact is, when it comes to the, to the, to the issue with the weight, they have been waiting for that comfort so that they would not only be under the subjugation of the Roman Empire, but even for all the struggles that they have all through those centuries. 
And they have realized that just like the Israelites, we are also waiting for the comfort of God in our lives. We are waiting for something to happen. Because too often we are disappointed with life. We want to struggle. And we want to have a better life. But in fact, those are not happening. We become disappointed. But you see, to be comforted is a universal human need. To be comforted is a universal human need. Each one of us wants comfort. And when Simeon saw Jesus, he knew that this would be the person, this would be the true Messiah who would be giving and uh, bringing comfort to the Israelites. But not according to their expectations because they were expecting a political Messiah. But Jesus was a different Messiah. His kingdom is not of this world. And when you expect something, too often we bring our expectations to God based on our own expectations of what we want, of what we like, rather than on what God wants. And that's why we become so disappointed with this. Too often we struggle with loneliness, with emptiness in our lives, with injustice, even with poverty. And because of this we struggle. Do you know that the Advent season is the most, the major, one of the major crisis events of the year? Do you know that? It's not actually, for many it it might be the season of joy, but actually for a, a lot of people, this is actually a season of depression. When, when you are alone and you see families who are enjoying their time together, you will be dis- disappointed. When you don't have a job and you don't have a meaningful job and you see another person having this meaningful job and meaningful work, you become disappointed and depressed. When you are all alone in your own home and you see others enjoying their time together, b- buying stuff everywhere, then you become depressed and you become disappointed. In fact, this is the season where so many people are actually experiencing depression or even the thought of taking away their lives because of such disappointment. But the truth is, God has already brought to us his comfort. And that's why when Simeon saw Jesus, he said that this is really the true Messiah. And he rejoiced and he sang. Because that is the God who would bring us comfort. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And that means that the comfort that God is giving would be through his presence. Emmanuel. It's not just about what we seek. It's about having God's presence in each of our lives. Interestingly, there is one person who said that, you know what? That's basically the meaning of comfort. He said, comfort comes from two words. Co, which means company, and fort or fortress, meaning strength. Comfort means strength through company. And this is what God is doing to us today. He is comforting us through his presence. Just by being here, just by being with us, he is already comforting us. If you are experiencing disappointment today, and if you are experiencing depression, or if you are experiencing poverty, or even injustice, or the lack of peace in your lives, then God's presence is already there enough to fill your life, to make your life abundant. You do not need to search for anything else. You do not need for any Messiah at all. All you need to do would just be to seek God's comfort. And interestingly, when Jesus just went before he, 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 he raised into heaven, and he ascended into heaven, he said, 
in, in John chapter 14 verses uh, and 16, he said, I would not leave you comfortless. I would not leave you all alone, but I will be with you. I will believe you, the Holy Spirit, who will be your comforter. The Holy Spirit will be your comforter. In Greek, that's the word for paraklete, which means an advocate. The Holy Spirit is not just advocating or just being there present for us. The Holy Spirit is advocating during times when we are in pain, praying to the Father about your own pain and about your own sufferings in life. The Holy Spirit is advocating even to the point that even if you could not pray, the Holy Spirit is there praying for you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit as our comforter, as our advocate, and He is there advocating for you. And you are not alone in this season of Advent because of God's presence, because of God's work, because God is Emmanuel. He is with us. And that's what we need to hope for. And that's what we need to expect and we need to seek. And that is the presence of God in our lives. You do not need to seek for anything else. There was one man who said, if you have God, then you have nothing else but God. And that would be enough. You do not have to search for anything else. And even when you have nothing left, then you become aware that God is enough. Too often we seek for comfort from so many things. Too often we put our faith on relationships. But in fact, relationships would not be the, the ultimate reason to have hope. Because relationships falter. Oftentimes we put our hope and our expectations on things, material things, and money, hoping that those things could give us happiness and joy. I think that that's, that's where the problem lies. Because no matter how much money you have, you would never be happy. Just because you're alone, just because you don't have anything, doesn't mean that you would be left comfortless by God. But there's this second person who has been waiting for someone also, or for something, and that is Anna, a prophetess. While Simeon was waiting for the comfort of Israel, or waiting for comfort, Anna was waiting for the redemption of Israel. She was waiting for forgiveness. And I believe that Anna is teaching us one thing, a meaningful thing today, as we hope in the season of Advent. You see, come to think of it, everything and every reason why we are so unhappy in life is because of the cause of sin. And the reason why we are so unhappy is because of the things that we are struggling with sin in our lives. The original cause of all of human suffering is sin. Starting from the time that Adam and Eve rebelled against God and committed idolatry, they became unhappy and everything became a burden. Even work became a burden. And everything became a toil. And so our hope should be about forgiveness, about redemption. Redemption is about trying to change all the wrong things of your past. And who among us doesn't want any forgiveness and doesn't want any sense of redemption? Many of us are always struggling with sin daily. And nobody could see and nobody could say among yourselves right now that you are free from sin. 
just because you have given your life to Christ. Every day we are always struggling with our own selfishness. Every day we are always struggling with greed. Every day we are always struggling with things that we feel are right, but in fact are wrong before God. And because of this, we need redemption and we need forgiveness before God. And just like Anna, we are seeking for that redemption or forgiveness that only God can bring. You see, when you look at the history of humanity, it's always about sin and rebellion and idolatry. And we learned about that last month when we talked about the Tower of Babel experience. When God commanded his people to scatter, the people regathered and reconcentrated and tried to build a city, trying to build a city so that they could make a name for themselves. But the story of Babel is not only true during that time, it is even true uh, even today. We want to have our own lives that are free from God. We want to make our own decisions independent of God. And because constantly we are in a state of rebellion and we are, we are in a state of idolatry before God. Everything that displaces God becomes idolatry. Everything that displaces God is an idolatry, whether it might be yourself your decisions, your money, and your life, your passions. Everything that displaces God is idolatry. And because of this, God is seeking for us to return to Him in forgiveness. He is already offering you that redemption. He is already offering you that forgiveness. All you need to do would be to accept Jesus in your lives, accept that forgiveness, Accept that redemption so that you could be whole. I know that each one of us needs forgiveness right now. On a daily basis, I am struggling with sin as well. On a daily basis, I am also struggling with things that are not of God's. And so from my own perspective, I do struggle with sin. And I know that that would be true for each one of us today. I know that constantly you are struggling with sin. And for men, it might be a different story. It might be about pornography. It might be about sin of, of, of adultery or things that are just not of God. And for many people, it might just be about the struggle against things that you do not want to happen in your own lives. Remember that sin is not just about commission. It's also about omission. And the moment you do not do things according to the will of God, then that's still wrong and that's sin before God. When you see someone hopeless and you are not even able to have compassion and true hope that is seen before God, it's not just an act, but also the things that you don't do are wrong before God. And how many of you here could say that you have not done wrong things before God? And what we hope for today would be that. Forgiveness. Redemption. So that we could be right before God. As we seek for comfort and as we seek for forgiveness while waiting for the presence and coming of Christ for the second time, he does not just want us to be just stay staying there and, and, and waiting and being passive with our own Christian lives. He wants us to do something. In fact, from that thing and from that hope that we have in Christ while waiting for his second coming and as we celebrate Christmas and his birth, he wants us to do something, and there are action steps that He wants us to do. First, He wants us to be a marveler 
And that is in verse, 20, uh, verse 33. He wants us to marvel. Because, come to think of it, my friends, there are so many things that are happening in this world that you have not seen yet. God is already at work. Even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your suffering, even in the midst of the injustice that you're, that, that's being done in your life, even in the midst of poverty, God is already at work and all you need to do would be just to marvel at all of those things that are happening in your life. But oftentimes we could not see the work of God happening because we are in pain. You know what's, uh, what's interesting? When you have a toothache, when you have a toothache, you could not think of any other things but that pain. You could not think of any other thing but that pain. And I think that's the same, the same situation as with Mary when, when Jesus is uh, resurrected. It was Mary who was the first person to meet Jesus when he came out of the tomb. And you know what's interesting? Mary did not recognize Jesus. Do you know why? Because Mary was crying. Because Mary was crying. When you are in pain, when you are suffering, when an injustice is being committed to you, you could not see that the presence of God is already there right before you because you are in pain. But God's presence is already there. So we need to marvel. Second, we need to work. And we need to be a mover. And that is in verse 27. We do not want just to be marvelers, but he wants us to be movers. In verse 27, we see there how those two prophets, those two persons were moved when they saw the child Jesus. And come to think of it, when you look at all the stories in the Gospels, everyone who met Jesus became movers afterwards. Zacchaeus became a mover after meeting Jesus. He returned all of the things that he had stolen from the people and made restitution. And he told people about Jesus. The Samaritan woman, after meeting Jesus, she was just so ashamed of herself, of having several men in, his, in her life. And then suddenly when she met Jesus, everything changed. And she was not ashamed anymore. And she was able to tell the village and the villagers, here he is the Messiah. Even that person who was um, possessed by the devil, by, by, by legions of, of demons, and was living in the tombs. And after meeting Jesus, everything changed. And he told people about Jesus. But that's the same thing as with our own lives. When we meet Jesus, we become movers. We just do not stop. We just do not become passive. We just do not sit on our own pews, but really are, are being moved to tell people about Jesus. And that's why the third reason and the third action that God is expecting of us would be that we become messengers. When we meet Jesus and we receive this hope, then we tell other people about Jesus. That's the same thing as with the situation of Hannah. He told people about Jesus immediately afterwards. There are key action steps that he wants us to do and to do as we wait and as we expect. We need to be marvelers. We need to be movers. And we need to be messengers of God. Friends, I know that there are so many disappointments in life. I know that you're struggling with pain, with loss, 
and even broken relationships? And how many more disappointments can you experience in life without, without folding, without struggling? And this is a painful experience for many right now as we experience and as we celebrate the Advent season. And that's why God has brought His comfort, His presence before us. But you see, the Messiah that God has brought before us is not the Messiah that we are expecting. Because from our own expectations, we are always expecting for things that is just directed towards us. He is a different Messiah. He is our comforter. And He brings forgiveness. That's all we need. That as we wait for that time to happen so that when He comes back, we are ready. Then all we need to do would just be to embrace Him and to accept Him in our own lives. For the Israelites, they were expecting for that Messiah who would be delivering them from the clutches of the Roman Empire. A political Messiah. They didn't know and they didn't recognize that the problem was themselves. It was that Roman Empire. It was that Roman subjugation. It was themselves. It was their rebellion. It was their own idolatry that made them become separate from God. And it seems to us that that might even be our own situation. We have been constantly in rebellion against God. And there was a person by the name of Oliver, Oliver Perry who said, I have seen the enemy, and the enemy is us. The enemy is not out there. The enemy is your own self, your own rebelliousness before God, your own selfishness, your own desire just to be right with yourself and not before God. And so let me ask you this. Are you seeking the Jesus of the Bible or, of the, or the Messiah that you are making? Are you seeking the Jesus of the Bible or the Messiah of your own making? I pray today that as we celebrate the Advent season, may we come to Jesus truly and seek his comfort, not from relationships, not from your family, not from your friends, not from material things, not from political justice, not just freedom from poverty, but really and truly to embrace Jesus as your Savior, as the one who brings comfort and is the one who brings forgiveness. That is what we need. If you are seeking for a door, there's just but one door. In John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, Jesus said, I am the door. He who comes by me will experience salvation. I came that they may have life and have it to the fullest. If you want fullness of life, beyond all the material things that could be given in this world, then enter this door. There's just but one door that you need to seek. You do not need to seek for opportunities. You do not need to seek for better things. All you need to do would just be to open up your hearts to this so only door that brings you the fullness of life that this world could not give. This is the true spirit of Advent, the hope that is in Jesus. And so let us reflect on this today. 
May we come to Jesus. And as we celebrate Advent, there are just two questions and two things that I would like us to think of. Let us reflect on these two questions today. I'd like us to think about what are the, the areas in our lives that we need God's comfort and forgiveness. Think of these two things. What areas in your life right now that you need comfort or forgiveness? And second, ask yourself this question. How do you see God's presence at work in the midst of that pain and struggles and sufferings that you are having right now? Friends, open the doors of your hearts. Just enter one door. And that door is Jesus. Amen.